ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. Yours truly, yet again, another week has passed. Um, it is now March of this year. March is now upon us. We have are now in the third month of the new year, which I don't know about you guys, but it doesn't feel like it's already the third month of the year. It doesn't feel like it's March yet. Now, partly that might be because where I live, it's still pretty chilly, which is a good thing. It's not, you know, very normal. Usually around this time in California where I live, um, it warms up around March, even even sometimes late February. But the temperatures have not really gone that way. I'm looking at my weather forecast for the next, like, I don't know, 10 days. And I see a 31 at night. And not really much, a whole lot of warmth coming from these next 10 days of where I live. Which I think is crazy. I think it's weird. But, you know, that's just what it's going, it is right now. Um, I think I would, you know, obviously prefer this type of weather and this type of climate at the moment, even though it is March entering, you know, about to be spring is, you know, soon, I'd rather have this than it be already kind of warm, because then it would kind of throw everything off, and you know what, you know, it's kind of been like that for the past maybe, I don't know, 10 years, how it kind of warms up a little bit quicker than normal, but this year, it's kind of, you know, winter still kind of clinging to us, which, you know, for me, it's a good thing. You know, I don't like hot weather. I don't want it to be hot. It's easier for me to warm up, I think, than to cool down. Um, you know, I just bundle up. It's what I've been saying for this this entire time. Winter, fall, even when fall's, you know, cold, just bundle up. You know, it's much easier than to cool down. You cool down. I mean, you can only do so much. So you got to, you know, turn up that AC, you know, for it to really feel cool. You know, when you're hot, what are you going to do? Have a fan by you the whole time? I mean, what if what if you have to leave? You got to, what are you going to take the fan? When you're away from that fan and you're trying to save some money, right? You don't want to turn on that AC. You got to keep that fan, you know, it's stationary. And when you leave, it's going to get hot. You're going to get uncomfortable. You're going to be sweaty, at least when it's cold. And you don't want to turn on the heater. Or you, maybe you don't want to, you know, um, maybe you just try to save some energy, right? Just bundle up, put some socks on, maybe some sweats, layer up, and uh, just, you know, tough it out. Or, you know, obviously turn on the heater. But if you're trying to stay away from turning on the heater a whole lot, bundle up. That's always been not just my method, but like... Everyone who's ever existed method. You know, back before we had heaters. You know, let's go way back in time. What did people do? They bundled up with furs and different fabrics and cotton and all that stuff way back. And they lit fires and they had, after that, they had thermoses. Uh, not thermos, uh, well, uh... Is it a thermos? No, it's not a thermos. What am I thinking of? Um, furnace, not a thermos. That's for soups. 
they had furnaces and they had to you know light them up and you know stay warm that way and then we got heaters and then we were like oh we have heat control throughout the entire house but before that way before that people just wore a lot of clothes and you know sometimes you got to go back to those those ways to make yourself warm and luckily you know we have that we can do that it's a possibility if you want to save a little bit of cash so i've been kind of trucking through this winter it has been chilly it has been cold but you know you move on i had a little bit of a scare though this past week and it was going to be a really big annoyance but thank god it wasn't my and i think everybody can kind of relate with this the um the warning on my car appeared low tire pressure it's like great just great and my car is a honda civic and i will say that with 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 proud and pride you know i love my honda civic it's been with me for the past nearly 6 years going strong um, no real breakdowns, no real issues, nothing wrong with it. Uh, it's got good mileage, not a whole lot of miles on it. You know, I don't really travel a whole ton. Um, but it's always been with me, you know, always been with me. And I got the alert that the tire pressures were low. It's like fantastic. And I'm not fortunate enough to have a car that it tells me the pressures of every single tire, which is strange because the model of the car that I got was a high-end tech model, and it had a you know um, a back view camera, it had a blind spot camera, it had some sensors, it had bells and whistles, it has Apple CarPlay, it had all the stuff that you would be like, oh, this is sick, I like this. But it what it didn't have the pressure indicators for the tires. And I've driven cars in the past that were much older with less tech that did have that. So when I acquired the car and I saw this, you know, pop up, you know, it's happening to me before in the past, it always kind of breaks my heart a little because I, I, I wish at the end of the day that my car was able to track the actual uh, tire PSI of every tire that I have. You know, that would have been pretty cool. That had been sick. Um, anyways, the tire pressure low indicator pops up, and I'm like, great, this is fantastic. Um, and, you know, what do I do? I, I, I put it off. I go out there myself like a schmuck and just kind of push into my tires. You know, I just push into them to see if, you know, are they actually deflating, you know? And of course, like I said, it doesn't it doesn't show me the exact air pressure of every tire. So every time that happens, I always I have to, you know, I, I gamble. I, I, I have to guess which one needs air. So lo and behold, I'm like, great, well, I don't really have time at the moment. Let's see how it is in the morning. Maybe the light just, you know, it needs to go off. Maybe it's not reading it correctly. So a couple days go by. I'm checking the tires, you know, with my my fingers and my thumb, pushing them in. I'm like, okay, they feel firm. Why, why is this light on? What am I doing wrong? So after a few days, I've noticed nothing has changed. They haven't gotten any flatter. They haven't changed. I still, They're still firm as a rock. Um... 
I um, I go to the air pressure, you know, to, to the air pressure machine at a local gas station. I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm into this once and for all. I'm going to put air in them. I'm going to check the pressures, and then we're going to be on our way. Although, you know, although to be, you know, totally ruin my day, I walk up there, I put the change in the machine, already paid the man, and then I go to the nozzle, I pull it, and as and I unscrew the little uh, the 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 knob on the tire to put air in, and I go to put the air in, and then I notice it don't fit. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I think what happened was either somebody stole the little nozzle that goes that that that's on the the hose for the air pressure, or the, the nice people at the gas station take it off and, and you have to go ask them for it. I didn't think of that. So I just, I just kind of like, you know, shrugged my shoulders and drove away. Now, now, that might not have been the smartest thing, but I did it anyway. And then, you know, a couple of days passed. I'm like, you know what? This is, this is nagging me. This is annoying me. And at the time, I'm not really concerned all, all that much, you know. I'm more like, well... I haven't noticed that I'm sh- that I'm you know that I'm flatter that I'm that I'm lower in my car. I'm still you know checking the pressure or checking the firmness. And it's like it's still there. So you know what I do? I bite the bullet. I go to one of my local tire shops in town. And I'm like, hey, can you check this? I don't know what's going on. So I bring I bring my car in. I roll it up. I get out of the car. The dude comes around. And checks the air pressures in my tires pretty quickly. Didn't look like he had to do too much. And he's like, all right, sir, you're good to go. I was like, what? What do you mean? Are you sure? You didn't even really examine them. And he knew. You know, he knew that if it was a nail, if it was something, the one that they would have, you know, they would have found it pretty quickly, right? They would have noticed that the tire was significantly low. Which, again, to my, you know, expertise... I checked them at pretty much the firmness every day and didn't notice nothing. So he had me do was get back in the car and then he walked me through how to recalibrate the tire sensor or whatever sensor it is. And this I did not know about my car, but I could do it on the center console. And I was actually kind of amazed that it was just right there. You know, you hit home, you hit menu, systems, and then boom, it's right there. And then it says recalibrate. And as soon as I hit re- recalibrate, he's like, yeah, sir, it might take you like a couple miles for you to, you know, for it to reset, for the light to go away. But you're good. I said, cool. I shut the door. And I'm, as I'm on my way out, you know, pulling out, it takes like one second for me to roll my, my wheels and then it goes away. So that entire time, that entire like few days, almost a week of me you know, having in the back of my mind that my my tires are deflated, they're they got to be checked. You got a nail in them or something like that. You know, it was all nothing. It was just uh, the 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 system was not working properly. It needed to be recalibrated. You know, and I was just like, "Are you kidding me, man? Are you absolutely kidding me?" Now, I've heard a couple th- theories of why this happens. One, the sensor's bad. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. That that I guess that makes sense. I mean, I have had the car for six years. Going on uh, nearly six years. It'd be six years in October. I'm thinking like, okay, 
you know, it, it might be that maybe I should go take it in and get a new sensor. I mean, I don't want to, but if I need to, I will. And then number two is I've heard, I've heard people say that the weather, when it gets extremely hot or extremely cold, it kind of messes with the air pressure and the tires and it kind of throws off the, the, the system. Some, some happens to it or something like that. I don't, I, I, I never heard of this before, but apparently if a tire, you know, the tire, which has air in it and it, it gets too hot, too cold, some air comes out faster or the, the, the pressure and it grows because it's too hot or something. I didn't even know that was a real thing until when I heard about it. Like, I think like last year I heard that. I was like, what the fuck what are you talking about? Huh? That doesn't make any sense. So I guess, you know, it being so cold at night, the weather being, you know, frigid as it is, even though, like, there's other places in the country that are much more frigid than, you know, here. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know. What a stupid little thing for me to go through to think, you know, doom and gloom, I might need to get a patch. I might need to spend some cash. Maybe something's busted. I don't know. The nozzle's missing. What the fuck? That's never been a thing ever to, oh, just recalibrate it. And But let me tell you guys, when the tire shop guy was literally like on each tire for like a second, just like, you know, just checking one, two, three, four, all tires. It's like, you're good, sir. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like such a buffoon. It's like, God damn. If only I knew that before, like if only I knew and who knows what if, you know, what if my tires are shit? What if there is a nail? What if something, you know, the sen- because of the sensor is so shit that when I recalibrated it, it just went away and it stopped working? What if that happened? I don't know. Maybe I actually do have to get that thing checked out and make sure that that's not a ticking time bomb, you know? That, you know, to me, the worst case scenario, the worst thing that could ever happen in modern day conveniences or inconveniences I think number one's got to be car troubles, you know, because they're so, you know, they come out all of a sudden. It's like it kind of ruins everything. How are you going to get to work, get to school, get to wherever you got to go? You know, nowadays you need a car, you need a, a, a mode of transportation. And for most people, that's a automobile. So whenever that happens, this car trouble stuff it's always like in the back of my mind, like, you know, I pray every day, or I try to pray every day, you know, I do this, you know, little funny thing with the cross on your chest, and I'm like, you know what, please, maybe I, I always do it when I get on, like, when I go driving, like, please, no accidents, no crazy drunk drivers, just get me from here and back, you know, quick as possible, easy, simple, no, 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 um, no dangers, I need to start praying like every single day to not have any car trouble because that's really something that is a pain to deal with. You know, depending on, you know, where you are, where it happens, you know, I'm just happy that I've never, you know, knock on some wood, I have never been in a situation where I've had a flat tire while driving. I have had, however, my transmission give out while driving. And let me tell you this, that was crazy. I was driving an old car, an old, old car that my parents had, and then they handed it down to me. And I was driving home from school, 
community college with my brother in the passenger seat. This was about maybe at least eight years ago, maybe even maybe even more. I, I can't really tell you, but at least eight years ago, I'm driving down the free, uh, not the freeway, but just like an old country road. I hit a stop sign, and then it turns green. I accelerate, and as I'm approaching the stop sign, you know, it's maybe about like a good like mile away, half a mile maybe. I go, you know how you you speed up, you're coasting a little bit, you take your foot off the gas to to let yourself coast a little bit to not go over the speed limit, and then you go back again to give it more gas, and as I'm giving it gas. I realize I don't feel any force behind it. I hear it rev, but there's no force behind it. It was a strange, strange feeling. Like I revved, I, I put my foot on the gas. You heard the engine just go, but that was it. Like you didn't feel it turn the wheels. You didn't feel it turn, move the car. And like, oh no. So I try, you know, I try to brake a little bit, you know, just so I'm not going so fast, so I can at least have a little bit of control. I try it again. I try to put my foot on the gas again. Vroom. Again, no force behind it. I'm like, oh, shit. At least I can brake. So I start flip those hazards on, you know, start to put my brakes on, pump the brakes, and I pulled over to the right side safely. Thank God, before I hit the stop sign. You know, safe, out of mind. No no issues with that. But that was, you know, a transmission is, pro- is probably like one of the biggest, most costly uh, most expensive repairs, you know, to a car that you can possibly do. Um, some people say if you have a bad transmission or your transmission goes out, might as well just buy a new car because the amount of money that it takes to 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 fix your transmission is astronomical. Apparently, I don't know why. I don't understand, but that's just the way it is. Anyway, I you know coasted. I made it there, and I'm like, oh my god. So I just shut the car off and I told him like, "Hey, I have no like power. What what happened at the time? At the time when this happened, I thought that I maybe the fuel lines got cut or something like that, but I noticed that like, oh, there's no leakage. There's no gas leak. Like, I don't know what's going on, you know? This is crazy. What the fuck is happening?" And then, you know, I tell the the tow truck driver when he gets there and he's like, "Oh, your transmission's gone." I'm like, "Ah, shit." This is not good. This is terrible. Thank thank God, you know, he's able to get the car back, you know, back to the my house in one piece. I've never I've never had that experience before in my entire life until that day. And then maybe about like 5 years later, my other brother was using the same car, you know, going to the same community college, you know. It's in the family blood to do that. I guess, with this car, by the way, and this is when he's driving to school, and he breaks down, but for the reason that I thought I broke down the first time, his gas line busted, and he couldn't go anywhere, and, you know, it was crazy, because I had to go pick him up, and rescue the poor guy, and, you know, you see him on the side of the road, pulled over as best he could, um, and you just smell the gas. Like, holy shit. If someone is smoking, someone lights a match, we're going up in flames because this is terrible. Awful. Thank God, you know, we were able to save his ass and take him to school. You know, 
but and we and get that car fixed again. But it's like shit, man. Some of like the worst, actual worst, um, the worst pro- possible breakdowns, and that just shows you to the the you know we didn't we did not get a new car. We we kept that car, gave it a, a new transmission, and you know still shit happens. Thank God the transmission didn't die, but you know still bad shit. So yeah, I knock on wood every single day. I don't care that my car is still technically new. I mean, it's six years old, but it's not like a brand spanking new car. But, you know, you never know. You have to pray to God or pray to Allah or pray to whoever, Buddha, that you don't break down. Because the inconvenience and the amount of stress of car trouble, like immediate car trouble, breaking down is not good. I guess, like, another thing that's also, like, on par, or if not that, even worse, is getting in, like, a wreck. Like, that is awful as well. Pretty awful. Hopefully, you're not the one at fault, and the person who is, is has, insur- has insurance or something like that, or everybody has an insurance, but, you know, you never know people. I one time, you know, uh, what? Uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say this, but it's always strange because you know some people might not have insurance. You know, some people might. They probably don't have insurance. You know, their situation is different than yours. And it, let's say it's like a minor little accident, minor thing. They might, you know, because they're probably you know in a tough spot and need some cash. They might try to spin the accident in a way that favors them and, and and puts you in a pickle. And that's always bad. That's always terrible. That's always like, really, dude? Wow, you're a piece of shit, you know? Like, it's crazy how you would totally do that when you know that it's not, like, it's it's your fault and you're trying to blame it on me. That happens all the time, though, you know? I've had I've known people that have been in accidents and they try to blame it on the person who is least at fault. And they will go to like, you know, the ends of the earth just to get a little bit of money from the from the courts or wherever, you know. I, I don't even know. Like the insurance, I guess. And it's crazy the lengths that people will go for that, you know. I don't know what happened or why that is so like part of like our society now is, like, suing and all that, like, people, like, some people are just so sue crazy, like, they just want every little ounce of money that they can get, and they will become the most scummiest people of all time, and in order to get that money, and I always think that what I actually do that, what I do the same thing, would I be that type of person to come after somebody's, you know, own livelihood, and ruin their life like that if something did not go my way. I always like to think that I wouldn't do it because, you know, you wouldn't have any evidence. Let's say I'm at fault for, you know, someone getting into a car accident, which I hope to God never happens, right? Knock on wood. But let's say that um, someone actually, no, a better example, someone else is at fault for, uh, no, 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 I'm at fault for the accident, 
but I try to make it so that he's at fault, you know, and I try so hard that it was his fault, and I, and I actually try to, you know, make myself believe it, you know, you know, people are crazy and insane that they have to make themselves, like, actually believe it and go with it and go living a lie when you know that it's not, you know, it's not their fault, it was your fault, and, but, you have to, you know, play it and, and and play for yourself, and you can't. You have to die on the hill if you if you've gone that that path, and because it'll benefit you, you know, get you some cash, and you you can always use some cash. You know, that's just built into your brain that oh, I need the money. You know, give me some money. It's just weird. It's it's a weird thing to think about. It's a weird thing that that people actually do. It's sickening. I almost wish that suing was was like not a real thing because that just makes people like monsters, evil monsters, money grubbing monsters. And it makes people that are lawyers, you know, you if you're a lawyer and you're defending a criminal who has done something bad, it doesn't matter if they are telling the truth or lying or whatever. Your job as a lawyer is to you know, back that man up or back that woman up with everything that you got. And if he's full of shit, you have to do your very best to make him sound like he's the smartest person and he's the right person in the court. It's crazy. I don't know if I could ever do that, I'll be honest. You know, being a lawyer is so strange. You know, especially like, do lawyers have to take like cases and like, you know, from criminals, you know, if, like, do they have to take it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure they do because that is their job. That's how they make money. If the person, I guess, is willing to pay the lawyer, they have to take it, you know? But I think, like, a lawyer would have to be, like, stripped of, like, all emotion and all, like, you know, justice if he's going to try to make some criminal who's completely guilty seem innocent. It's kind of strange. You know, I don't know if I could do that. I'll be honest. I mean, I, I like to talk, I like to argue, I like to, you know, make points, but still, when I'm wrong in an argument, it's usually not like a serious argument, it's usually more fun, you know, like, for instance, I think that Halo Infinite is a shit game, is shit, I believe, I truly do, I firmly believe it, and it should not be in my opinion, it should not be a game that people play because it's an unjust game, an unjust game. It's not for the people. The criminality that has gone into Halo Infinite is so bad. The armor coatings, the the fact that there's only one new gun within a, with with pretty much like uh more than a year of uh, being a game. So much stuff that has been cut that didn't make it into the game. The little content that there is is substantially criminal. That if you play it and you support it, you are essentially saying that you are okay with this thievery of your money and your time and the criminality that is being allowed by this game to waste your time playing that their shitty ass game 
and you're okay with that, you just might be as sick as 343 Industries. You might be as sick as them to be like, hey, this is fine. Yeah, we want we want more of this. The fact that these guys are still continuing to make I'm not sure about the season the new season coming out in a couple days or in a week, I think. But the content that they most recently came out with, that winter update, and even maybe one after that, these little mini seasons that they have, how it's still Halo Reach stuff, how it's still Halo Reach themed. When it launched with Halo Reach stuff, is actually you're supporting a crime. I think that you're supporting a crime. That you're supporting people who won't put in new shit or cool shit in favor of just rehashing shit that you played, what, 10 years ago when Halo Reach came out for the first time. It's criminal. It's unjust. It's un... It's not for the player. It's not for the person. It's not for the people. That game is not for the people. The way that they abuse your wallet and make it so that you can't get the right colors that you want for your Spartan, for the Spartan's armor, is criminal. It's actually criminal. Now, would I take Halo Infinite to court? I don't think I have the money to do that. But if I did... Probably. I mean, I feel like I have enough on my case to uh, at least entertain the courts and be like, hey, this game, these developers are pretty bad people. Here's why. X, Y, and Z. They don't give you good colors. They're making Halo Reach stuff, which was a game that came out about a decade ago. They don't make their own maps. They just have the players make their own maps for them, how much lazier could they get, they're rich as fuck, they don't spend their money on anything that makes the game better, um, may I go on, need I go on, your honor, I think I have the right evidence to say that 343 Industries are a bunch of crooks, phonies, and losers, now I'll argue with people about that type of shit, no, I but I think that it's kind of fun to argue that because there's people that I know that are passionate about Halo, that like Halo at least, that have a good time playing it. And I'm just like, Ugh, you got to be kidding me. You got to be absolutely kidding me. Um, the fact that, I, that that game was free, day one, essentially free. I mean, Game Pass free, you know, crazy, crazy. Um, speaking of games, though, I haven't talked about a new game that I've been playing because I haven't had a new game for a while. I'll be honest, I've, I've been kind of dried out. I, the, 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 the desert has never been drier, known as my hard drive. I don't have a lot of games. I think I told you guys on this podcast that I snapped about maybe five months ago, four months ago, that I deleted all my games. Except for Call of Duty Modern Warfare back in, I believe, the beginning of October, I think. Essentially snapped because I was bored and no games to play, nothing to nothing to look forward to as a video game player, an avid video game player. 
I had nothing to look forward to. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Until Warzone or Modern Warfare 2 came out. And then I was like, okay, I'm back. Let's get it. Let's go. I'm ready. You know. That and that I still have fun with that. I have fun with Modern Warfare. I have fun with Warzone. I've been playing that a lot lately. A lot of Warzone. Ashika Island Resurgence. It's awesome. Almazra with the new updates. The faster plating is pretty good. I enjoy that. I think that it's a good fun play. A good fun uh, addition. I hate that there's no backpacks. I think that a backpack, at least a medium one, would be nice to get more slots for more stuff. Because they had that before. They took it away because... I don't know. Because, like I said, they had one problem with too many people just hoarding uh, self-revives. Which, you can just limit that to one per person. But they couldn't do that. So they had to take it out. The entire backpack system. Which I think was lazy. And no effort was put into that. But, you know, we are where we are. And uh, there's more loadouts. uh, Opportunities. There's, uh, like I said, faster plating. It just feels more faster, which at first I was kind of worried about because I actually enjoy enjoy the slower pace, but it's not like it totally like makes you a speedy Gonzalez or like a fast as Sonic. No, it's just like a little bit of mechanic adjustments that I think are pretty good. So I'm having fun with that. I I am enjoying um, the ranked multiplayer. I really enjoy going in with my buddies playing hardcore modes and really trying to rank up and being the shit with the boys you know sometimes we get some tough matches sometimes we get some pretty clutch wins but overall i enjoy the ranked i know i was very against it before and i said that i we didn't need it but it's it's nice to have it's fun i mean if that's what's gonna take my friends to play call of Duty, uh, duty with me then i'm all for it i wish they would play warzone with me though because I think that they're just taking a stand against me, honestly, because I like it so much and I'm I'm very anti Fortnite. Um, but you know I don't you know fuck them you know screw them we we have ranked we can play ranked I don't need them you know whatever. Um, and up until that point, you know a couple weeks ago I've been pretty dry. You know I did not get the uh, Dead Space remake because I I don't know if I wanted to pay seventy dollars. For that remake, um, maybe I'll wait for it to go on sale. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's. I've heard it's a really, really, really good remake, but I don't know if I want to pay seventy bucks for like a game that's already been out. You know, even though it's a really good remake, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll wait for it to be on sale. Maybe Game Pass. Who knows? But up until a couple weeks ago, um, Hogwarts Legacy came out, and I have been talking a little bit about that game. That I think when it was first announced, I was pretty excited for it. I saw the I saw what it was, you know, first shown, what they've been explaining about it, how what they're trying to do, you know, a, a brand new story, nothing really connecting you to Harry Potter. There's no Voldemort, you know, it's its own new story, you know, it's their their tagline, I believe, is play the unwritten. Obviously, they're talking about like playing that wasn't like you know a story that wasn't written by jk rowling or film adaptation or you know fantastic b story it's you know essentially the 
the actual world of Harry Potter in a, in the year, I believe it's 1875. And uh, I got it a couple weeks ago, and I have to say, I was not expecting to love this game as much as I do, but I really love this game. I'll tell you why. This game has done nothing but blow away my expectations. Now, before I went into this game, I didn't have any expectations, really. But I also didn't have any, like, thing... Like, I didn't really have any, like... I didn't go into it being like, it's not going to deliver. I saw that, like, that take, that narrative kind of go around the internet, even my friends, that it might not be good because it looks like it's over-promising shit. That's what I've heard. I never really bought into that because I never really read into it or what it was all about. And I just, you know, kind of like time passed on, time went on, and then the official launch came about. And I heard nothing about that. And I didn't buy it day one, too. I didn't buy it at launch. I think I bought it like maybe like uh, the week after, I think. I can't remember. Um, but I heard nothing about it. I heard my friends playing it. They were having fun. They liked it. They thought it was really cool. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot then. So I split the cost with my brother. You know, we, we game shared it. So he has it. I have it. Okay, let, let's try this Hogwarts Legacy out. And let me tell you this, man. It's been a while since I've seen, like, the amount of detail go into a game that actually blows me away. And when I'm talking about detail, I mean the detail in the Hogwarts castle is incredible first of all it feels like it's like totally scaled to you a one-to-one scale maybe not as realistic as that but like the scaling of the castle is so like first of all like more like accurate than even the films and it just feels like an actual like like it's so like much to explore and it is like there's so many things in that castle so many little like uh, nooks and crannies and rooms and closets and chambers and dungeons and shit that are in within the castle that are so like movie accurate, book accurate, but also like stuff that you've like maybe heard of or like seen pass by or seen in the background of one of the films. And it's actually there that you can just walk in and, and, and stare at and look at. It's like, whoa, this is awesome. Like, they really did a good job of recreating that entire castle of Hogwarts and letting you roam in the entire thing. No boundaries, nothing. Like, oh, that's a dark arts class, or that's the potion class, or this is where they 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 uh, got into this argument. This is the bridge where this scene happens. Um, this is that's the Quidditch pitch. Like, what? This is awesome. Like, this is so cool. And. It's actually bigger than you think. Like, the world, the map size, where you can go is actually way, way, way bigger than I thought. Because I'm thinking like, okay, Harry Potter land, or Harry Potter world, it's not like, you know, totally like shown off in the films like as this big grandiose campus, right? It's just like a castle with a, with a forest, a little village outside the, the, the campus, and then like a couple like stuff around it, Hagrid's. A house, 
the big whomping tree and all that shit. There's not a whole lot to it when you look at it from a film perspective. But the way that the developers made the game and how everything is in like one spot, and then there's the Hogsmeade Village, and then there's these other little communities like around there, even like southern, northern. It's very, very cool. And it's all like, of course, like in the Wizarding World theme, it's everyone's like, you know, in the 1800s with 1800s, like clothing and stuff like that. And everybody's like, just like, so like, um, involved with the world and all that. It's like, it's really, really well done. I have to admit, like, I'm honestly like, I just want to go back and play more, you know, right now. Like, it's such a fun game. It's such a cool game to get lost in. Like, you're just in the world of Harry Potter. That's just like, so immersive, so detailed, and just so much fun to play. Besides, like, the immersion and, like, the attention to detail, which is through the roof, by the way. Like, it's through the roof. Like, like you would expect it to be, like, a pretty well, a pretty good-looking game with some detail. But there's so much detail in the game. Like, it's crazy. I feel like I've explored, like, a lot of it. But there's so much that I have not explored at all. In the castle, outside the castle, everywhere else. Is, like, I, I've just, like, got so much to do in that game that it's, like, this is a fantastic purchase like I have so much to do in this game like it's going to be so much fun um so if it, I'm if I'm looking at the, the the immersion and the attention to detail and the aesthetic and all that you know the 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 not um the seasons the outdoors the inside the castle itself the interactions with other people um interaction with interactions with like other students and professors and all that it's a 10 out of 10 for me it's awesome. Um, I I got House Gryffindor, the House of Heroes, so like that's awesome. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. And you know, not just like the way it looks, like I said, the immersion and all that, the attention to detail is there, hundred percent. But the combat itself, the wand combat, the magic combat, is actually pretty freaking lit. I'll be honest, like, I I really thought, I didn't know, like, a whole lot of the spells in the Harry Potter uh, world, in the movies, at least, in the films, but, you know, learning the spells, you kind of, like, remember, like, oh, I remember him saying this at this part, and it did do that, it did kind of, you know, do this, and it's, like, it's so, like, intricate, and it's so, like, adaptable, and it's, like, such a fun way to use combat, like, there's a spell that, you know, pulls enemies forward, there's a spell that levitates them, there's a spell that disarms them, there's a spell that pushes them back, one that sets them on fire, and, like, the ability to do all that stuff and to disorient your enemies and then do, like, a chain combo of the spells and then keep, and, like, kind of, like, juggle your enemies with the spells and with the wand is just brilliant gameplay. It's so much fun. It's, like, almost addicting to do that, like, when you have, like, a spell chain going on, it's, like, one of the best feeling things in the game, it's so cool, it's so satisfying, and it's just, like, wow, this combat was probably not, should not be this fun, but it is, like, they nailed it, they really, like, out of the park, it's just fantastic, I couldn't be more happy with the purchase in, 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 in like, this past year, you know, fantastic, um, that's all really, 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 like, well done. There's also, like, a lot of, like, puzzles and stuff like that. A lot of, like, collectibles. A lot of things to explore around the castle. Like, there's, like, these little, like, scrolls that you can capture. 
that you like you would like reveal like a little scroll and then you you collect it and then it gives you like little bits of information like of stuff around the castle, stuff around the villages and all that. It's really cool stuff. It's cool to like learn because Hogwarts and Harry Potter, like in my opinion, had a pretty like interesting world. Interesting world and interesting like setting. And to go back into the time, like in the 1800s, and really like learn like the like the old school magic and all that, and like where how it all kind of like you know began and stuff in its beginnings. Even though it's like not at the beginning, it's so much closer to the beginning than Harry Potter in the films. So it's like it's cool to know all that stuff and and see that get revealed in in a video game where you explore. And where you find stuff, and it just kind of adds on to the legend and adds on to the mythology of the wizarding world when you explore Hogwarts Castle. It's like so well done. It's so immersive. It's so like intricate. It's just a fun game. And uh, I was like, dude, this game is it. This is it. It's so much fun. It's so fun to explore. It's the combat is fun, the quests are fun, the side quests are fun too. Like it's just a fun game. Like it's like one of the best games I've played shoot in a while. You know, a game that actually feels like you actually, you know, spent money well. You know, I I didn't buy Elden Ring. I didn't play Elden Ring, but like this game to me, Hogwarts Legacy is feeling like a game that wow, I this is brilliant it's a brilliant game i might be a little overstating my how much i love it but like i haven't played a whole lot of games in the last like uh two years so the game that you know like as as good as this game i think it i might be a little giving a little bit too much praise because i haven't played a whole lot of games in the past two years but this game for me man it's been like worth my money 100 percent 100 percent and it's like, wow. And it's a single-player game, too. There's no multiplayer. There's no, like, online nothing. So being able to play this game, you know, just at my desk and just kind of get lost in, in the world of Harry Potter and Hogwarts, man, I'm having so much fun. And there's still so much that I haven't done. A lot of spells that I haven't learned yet. A lot of stuff that I haven't, like, developed yet. New spells that I got to learn and stuff like that. They really do, like, in a way implement like the school part of Harry of, of Hogwarts and all that to learning new spells so well like it's done so well in a fun way when you're not just like in class and doing assignments but you're like out in the world doing shit and then going back to see your teachers building relationships with them learning more about them and then on the way learning the spells that you need to learn or the potions that you have to drink and it's just done so well it's done so, it's like if you're a fan of Harry Potter if you're a fan of like the books the films i can't see how you would not absolutely love this game i really can't i'm not the biggest fan of Harry Potter but this game is kind of making me one like it's so much fun um and i think that pretty much anybody could pick it up it's it's very simple. It's not a super hard game. It's not that hardcore either. And that's like my one gripe about it. My one gripe is that customizing your character is a little bit on the on the on the easier side. Like the way he looks. The way he looks is a little bit like uh the appearance of your character is a little bit on the shallow side. 
it's a little bit of the not as not like you know cyberpunk 2077 which you know i hate that game but at least the customization was pretty lit the 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 custom the, the 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 appearance the way your person looked was pretty lit um but i would take a game that has a little bit of a duller customization of your appearance uh with but with a badass game and a fun game and, a, and an interesting game that keeps you playing then a game like cyberpunk that to me is just absolutely a, a, a snooze fest so um this is a great game if you haven't picked it up if you're thinking about it if you're if you're like should i do it should i pull the trigger you know in the era of like multiplayer games being the being the thing and um you know, battle royales being what everybody plays and that's all they play. I think that if you take a break and play Harry Potter, you know, Hogwarts Legacy, and you, and you, you sit down and you play it and you're just immersed in the game with the gameplay, the scenery, the castle, the the music too. Oh my God. The music in this game too is amazing. Like it blends in with the film's themes and with its own themes as well. And the ambient music, man, in this game, it just, it it really does capture and make you feel like you're a student at Hogwarts school. It is so cool. It is, and it, it, really, for real, like, this game is awesome. Like, and if, you know, if, if what I've said hasn't sold you on it, you know, I'm not trying to sell you on it, but I'm just saying, like, it's, it's so much fun. (laughs) Um, so Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy. Right now I'm about level 15 or 16 and uh I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. Um Yeah. I just I I can't wait to play more of it and just dive go back in and just keep playing and, and learning more about the world and 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 playing the story. The story's awesome too. The story's really cool. And I think I'm pretty sure I heard that you know, the success of this game has kind of made, like, Warner Brothers, like, wanting to make more stuff with Harry Potter in, 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 like, the Harry Potter universe. So, that could be pretty cool. You know, maybe a TV show. Maybe another game. Who knows? Maybe maybe there's some... If they take as much time to develop it and make it as cool or, you know, as, like, awesome or as detailed as Hogwarts Legacy is... They should have something on their hands, and that that'll be really cool. All right, shifting from video games to to movies to close out the episode. Um, last thing I'm gonna, I'm going to be talking about is, um, Lord of the Rings is back. Lord of the Rings is back. Warner Brothers has struck a deal to um to continue or to proceed. With making new Lord of the Rings films. Um, and they've been given the green light to do it. With obviously with the rights and everything with Warner Brothers, who's you know, who's gonna get the film rights. It's kind of been up in the air for the past like few years after The Hobbit, but they struck a deal to 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 let Warner Brothers keep them, and now they have the green light to make new films. Now, me being a giant fan like a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. This is weird. This is weird because at one point, one one, uh, one part of me 
is like, is this a direct response to the the absolutely mid, mid, mid show that is out there, Rings of Power? That, for me, there's a lot of episodes that I did like, but there's also episodes that just, they don't do anything. They're, they're a waste of time. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't really make any sense. If you're talking about the lore of Tolkien, if you're talking about the the way the world works in Lord of the Rings, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, in my opinion. Um, why do the things that they do, and just to, I guess, make the show better, doesn't really make any sense. Um, there's a lot of things that I don't like about that show. There's some things I do like about it. I like a lot of the characters. I think that they're played pretty well. The things that they do, though, and how long it takes for them to get to point A to point B, I'm not sure, really sure if they had like a, a fully fleshed out story of like what this is all about. Uh, it doesn't really seem like the show should be called Rings of Power. If you're talking about at least season one, it doesn't really feel like that at all. It almost kind of feels like a little bit of a misbrand, I'll be honest. So if this is like in a direct response of the show's mediocrity, I think that this is a bad idea, but also a good idea. One, I think that Warner Brothers has more rights, or maybe not, maybe maybe they don't, I don't know. They have the movie rights, though, for Lord of the Rings. Now, the, the question is, what are they going to make them about? What can they make them about? Well, and I've thought about this, what I would not want them to do is remake the films. Because that would just be absolutely terrible, I think. Horrible. It would it would not it would it just would be bad. I think those movies are still too new for you to remake them. For you to just be like, oh, uh, you know, this is this we're just gonna remake the Fellowship, Two Towers, and then Return of the King. Like it's just gonna be so bad. Um that would be probably like the number one mistake that they do is remake the films. What I think that they're going to do is, and I've heard this, I've heard like them say, not them say this, but I've heard other people talk about this and other people tweet about this, is that they're kind of going to try to make it like a Star Wars franchise. I was like, I don't know about that. What do you, what do they mean by that though? Because they've already made the three films. Lord of the Rings trilogy is already out. What are they going to do? Are they going to continue it? Are we going to see Lord of the Rings Part 4, 5, and 6? Is that what they mean? Are they going to make spinoff films? Are they going to make like a uh, adapt the Silmarillion? Are they going to adapt other books? What are they going to do? They've already made the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Are they going to make origin stories of these characters? Are they going to make like, uh, make just, again, make up sequels to just make up shit? Is Sauron going to be back again? What's going to happen? I don't know. And it does absolutely make me scared because I love Lord of the Rings. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't think it's really necessary. Like, it just doesn't really make any sense. But of course, why would they not want to make those movies? Because people love Lord of the Rings. People love The Hobbit, I guess. Um, you know, what's going to happen? I don't really know. I'm not too sure. But I got to tell you, though. When I saw that news last week, I was like, oh, no. But not for the reasons like they're going to ruin it. For the reasons is that they have no ideas. 
They don't have any ideas. Warner Brothers has no ideas for films at the moment. They they just struck a deal with James Gunn. They're making at least like 10 movies with him at the helm creatively. And, you know, now they have... Now they're going to be able to make more Lord of the Rings films. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, First of all, we have no idea what this is going to be like, what this is going to be about. You know, I've heard like... You know, like they have books that they can adapt, like the the Fall of Numenor. I think is a book that they can adapt, which is already kind of like mentioned a little bit in the show, in the Lord of the Rings show. So that's kind of weird. Um, will they be able to tie stuff into the show from the from the the new movies into the new show? Is that something that that they would do? But it's like weird because then people are going to be comparing the show. On Amazon to the to the new movies that are going to be going to be made by Warner Brothers, so you're going to get that all over again. You're just going to get for me what it seems like is like what this news is. Warner Brothers wants to make their Lord of the Rings uh, films, obviously compete with Lord of the Rings show, Rings of Power. Not maybe not just for like viewership because they might not come out. Um, in the same time, or like even compete in that 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 sense, but mark my words, it doesn't matter when they come out. People are going to compare them no matter what. People are going to prefer a certain one to the other. It's just going to happen. It's just what people do. Like if you have you know Lord of the like Lord of the Rings movie. Let's say a Lord of the Rings movie comes out, a new one, you know, a new property, new characters, whatever, you know, and it's done well. It's done in a pretty good, a pretty, you know, true to the adaptation or as best as it can be. It looks like the films that were made by Peter Jackson. It looks a certain way. It fits more with what we kind of know from the Peter Jackson films and even with the Hobbit films. And then you get Lord of the Rings show Rings of Power season two, which kind of like doesn't feel like that. It feels a little bit different. The story is different. The characters are different. And... And, and loosely adapted. Obviously, people are going to be like, butting heads, like, why do you like that trash? You should like this shit. This shit's good. Your shit's trash. That's obviously going to happen. It's just it's just something that does happen in culture, something that does happen into pop culture. People will be comparing them. And I think that Warner Brothers, with this confidence that they've had, that they seem to have in this announcement, they think that they're going to be able to sway the people who probably didn't like Rings of Power, or even people who liked Rings of Power, and be like, hey, 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 people, relax. Lord of the Rings is made for films. So we're going to make a badass Lord of the Rings new trilogy, new films, spinoffs, whatever, but it's going to be the one you know and love. The true Lord of the Rings belongs on film. Like, I can see them say that. I can see them say that Lord of the, Br- Lord of the Rings belongs on the big screen, and we're going to make... Lord of the Rings, better. We're gonna make it better than what they did in the TV show. I can, I, like, pe- you can you can say that Rings of Power is peak Lord of the Rings. You can you have the the opinion and the liberty and the freedom to say that. But there's always gonna be people that say that that shit's garbage or that show's trash. And then let's just say that they make the new films, the new trilogy, whatever they make of Lord of the Rings, better than the show. 
let's just say that whatever they put out, the first thing that they put out is better than the Rings of Power. What happens then? They're going to start a new war, an actual Lord of the Rings war. It's going to be prime, you know, prime TV versus Warner Brothers Studios or whatever they have. Um, so that's that's weird. That's a that's a strange move to take, I think, especially with the show going on. How much people love the the original films? Like that's kind of weird to do. To to say like, hey, by the way, we're gonna make uh, more Lord uh, Lord of the Rings films. You guys down for that? Like, um, yes and no, because I would like to see what you you create, but also it's kind of finished. And if you try to remake the films, that will not go well. But also, like, if they decide to make spinoffs, origin stories, it could either damage. Or it could also enhance the films. The original Lord of the Rings trilogy could be enhanced by these so-called origin stories, spin-offs, whatever. Uh, but is it necessary? 100% not. The Star Wars sequel trilogy was also unnecessary, but they did it anyways. So I don't know if this is going to work out, man. I don't know. I'm nervous. But I do want to see what they put out, though. I just want to know their ideas, and then yeah, I think we can start to make our judgment off off of their ideas. Like, if they just want to make like, you know, remake the films, the first trilogy, like, uh, I don't support that. If they make a couple of a trilogy about like the origins of something or the origins of a different story, like another book or something like that, or adapt something else like that, I might give them a chance, but. I would have to see a lot more for me to be like fully excited for like what's what's about to come, what's about to happen. But in other news, like I think Amazon and their Rings of Power show is kind of like on you know on the offensive now. They got their their they have to know that at this point they can't like meander with what they have right now. The first season, I think that I think they had meandered with a lot of things in Lord of the Rings, like, meandered with a lot of the events in that show in Lord of the Rings and just didn't like again the show feels so 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 misbranded so misbranded and it doesn't really make any sense and I feel like they they can no longer just kind of pitter-patter around their story and not do a lot of shit when they know that there's going to be another studio like another company that's going to be making Lord of the Rings films that you know also have rights to and that are going to be directly competing with you like that they're going to directly compete with Amazon 100%. So it's just going to be like who's who can make the better Lord of the Rings adaptations or spin-offs or whatever. This is going to be interesting. Now we got two companies truly at war. Seems like I know they're going to be like well they have the films and they we have the TV. It's not competition. It is. It it actually is. Like you can't tell me that you're going to be competing for Lord of the Rings fandom and Lord of the Rings like fans to watch your show or your TV or your film over theirs. Like it's quit playing around like that. Come on. Um, but that's going to be it for today. People, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. You can find this episode and all episodes of this podcast on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube at Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. This drops every Thursday morning. Make sure you like, subscribe, rate, review, comment, do all that good stuff. And yeah, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, and I will see you guys next week.